It's Tuesday, February 17th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and let me tell you what's going on today. We had somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight inches of snow in the greater metropolitan D.C. area. And as a result of that, the federal government offices in Washington, D.C. are closed. All the surrounding schools in the area are closed. And in fact, the Motley Fool itself is closed. We got an email uh, from someone in our office ops division saying, yeah, for safety reasons, we're shutting down the office. So even though our business follows the calendar on Wall Street, which is why we were not here on Monday, because the market was closed because of President's Day, we're subjected to the weather like any other business. And so in this case, our office is closed. And yet, fortunately, because I live a short walk from full global headquarters, and Dan Boyd, who is the point person for all things technical having to do with market foolery, also lives a short walk from full global headquarters. We traded emails and decided we'd get together today and see if we can bang out an episode. I say fortunately, although it's just me. It's just going to be me talking, so maybe by the end of this, you're going to say, actually, it was unfortunate that you decided to make this effort. So, uh, as I've said in the past, when it's just me talking, feel free to skip this one. Um, I'm going to dip into the full mailbag. I want to share a story about my colleague Bill Mann, but I have to start with one tiny bit of news, because if you listen to the Motley Fool Money radio show this weekend, our guest was Nell Minow, who's easily our most popular guest. We've had her on more than any other guest, and we talked about corporate governance and CEO bonuses and all that sort of thing, but we also talked about the movie business, because Nell's a film critic, and she gave her Oscar preview. One of the things I asked her about was Fifty Shades of Grey, which opened over the weekend. That is a series of books that has sold more than 100 million copies worldwide. And I asked her, do you think this is going to get to 100 million in the box office? And she said, yes. I don't think even she thought it would it would get there in the opening week. But that that's pretty much what's going to happen because the news came out. The, the receipts were tallied. And in the opening weekend, and yes, it was a long weekend, but in the opening weekend, Fifty Shades of Grey taking in just over $94 million at the box office. Uh, I was not uh, contributing to that. Uh, Dan Boyd also not contributing to that. But... Uh, but kudos to the producers of that film, because uh, that's off to a nice start. Radio at Fool.com is our email address. A couple of emails uh, I wanted to get to. Uh, first from Colin McIntosh in Chicago, Illinois, who writes, I'm currently a student studying at DePaul University and started a super PAC this quarter with some friends and a professor. I've been listening to the podcast for a few years now and always have listened to your discussions about Google AdWords and cost per click, so I figured I'd try it out. After about a week, we only got about three clicks for $10 and wondered if there were any other online advertisers we were overlooking that might be cheaper. I was thinking of a way to surreptitiously plug our website into this email, but couldn't think of anything clever. But feel free to check us out at studentdebtreform.com. Thanks for all the years of information and help. Um, and you know what? Kudos, Colin, for because um, if you can't surreptitiously get something in there, uh, just be blunt about it. So the website for anyone interested, student debt reform, all one word, studentdebtreform.com. I actually did check it out, and 
Um, I'll, I'll get to your question in a second, um, but a pretty interesting site that Colin, uh, Colin and his friends and the professor have put together about an issue that is definitely growing in profile and prominence. In terms of Google AdWords, look, Google is the 800-pound gorilla of the ad world. I'm sure you know that. Um, I don't know if um, the people at Microsoft and Bing have their own uh, version of AdWords, but I think it's also... I, I check with... Uh, one of my colleagues who knows a lot more about this than I do, and uh, I'll go with his suggestion, which is check out Facebook. They've they've got their own ad program, and uh, and for an issue like this, which is uh, it, it looks like you and your friends are trying to call attention to student debt, which is is quickly becoming a, a major economic issue in the United States of America, and I think that it's only going to grow, not just from the standpoint of politicians getting involved in terms of students being able to refinance their student debt, uh, which is certainly something worth considering, but also just from the standpoint of how much a college education costs these days and how it is far outpacing inflation. And I really do think, and, and this is not an original thought, but I really do think a day of reckoning is coming for colleges and universities across the country. Because at some point, uh, people are just not going to be willing to pay this amount of money and leave school with that amount of debt. Um, but what do I know? Uh, another email from John uh, Rousey. I apologize because I'm probably mispronouncing your last name, John, uh, from San Antonio, Texas, who writes, Love the show. I binge listen to your podcast every Saturday morning during my run. Thanks for reminding me about CBS's decision to drop tobacco products. Great discussion and stats on the tobacco industry. I'm an adjunct professor, uh, excuse me, I'm an adjunct instructor at the University of the Incarnate Word in San Antonio. And I was looking for content for an ethics question on an undergraduate managerial accounting exam. You guys finished the exam for me. Much appreciated. I took some creative liberties, but the question was, you are the CEO of the second largest pharmacy retail chain in the country. Your senior executive team suggests you should consider removing tobacco products from your stores. Total annual revenue product revenue... uh, Total annual tobacco product revenue is approximately $2 billion, or 3% of your revenue. If you stop selling tobacco products, you'll need to find a business to replace the $2 billion of revenue, or you fear your stock will fall. As CEO, what is your decision? And provide your reasoning. Uh, Great question. And I like to think that if any one of your students listens to Market Foolery on a regular basis, they nailed that question. Um, John goes on to write, they will get the background on the question in the next class. FYI, only 35% of the class would have stopped selling tobacco products. I'll work on your honorary degree, but until then, thanks will have to do. Keep up the great work. And John signs his email. Uh, John Rousey, no relation to Rhonda Rousey. Dan, are, are you familiar with the name Rhonda Rousey? I was not. I, I, I will confess, I had to look it up. She's a MMA fighter. She, yes, yes. And apparently, she's quite good. I think she's a, a UFC champ in her division. Best in the world in her weight class, yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's my ignorance about MMA uh, fighting. 
Um, so th- first, uh, John, thanks thanks for the email and, and thanks as always for listening. And yeah, I, I did have to look up who Ronda Rousey is. Um, but I, I love the fact that students are li- listening to our podcast, as Colin demonstrated. I like the fact that pro- professors are listening as well. Um, and you know what? Uh, if you are a professor or a teacher of some kind, uh, go ahead and recommend Market Foolery to your students because, uh, as I like to point out from time to time, it's a free podcast. Uh, it, it's just one of the. I, I have to say, I I didn't really listen to the serial podcast. If if uh, for those who are unfamiliar, there was this uh, podcast done by a public radio producer, um, and it was hugely popular. It was uh, the most popular podcast. Um, far outpacing anything else, certainly anything we do here at The Motley Fool. And it was uh, essentially an investigative reporter going back and investigating a murder that had happened in the Baltimore area. And it was one of those cases where something had never really set right with this investigative reporter. She went back and she interviewed the the guy who was accused of the murder and was in jail and and was basically reinvestigating this cold case. And, and it was incredibly well-reviewed, well done, and staggeringly popular. But I have to say that what gave me a little bit of a chuckle was mainstream media um, and I'll just not to pick on the New York Times, but you know the New York Times doing this big story about podcasts, as though podcasts began with the serial podcast. And it's like no, actually, um, podcasts have been around for a while, and uh, and it, it, it to me it's one of the great things that whatever your interest is, and certainly if you're interested in stocks, uh, there are a lot of podcasts that you can listen to, um, whether it's comedy, sports, uh, science news in general, whatever your interest is, there is a podcast for you, and it is free. So, uh, as I like to point out from time to time, please spread the word. Um, I mentioned my colleague, Bill Mann, uh, who heads up the portfolios at Motley Fool Asset Management. We we have him uh, on the show from time to time. And Speaking of free, you can go to foolfunds.com and sign up for Declarations, which is the free monthly newsletter that they do there. And it's a, it's just a great, insightful writing from Bill Mann, Bill Barker, Tim Hansen, uh, Tony Arsta, um, th- those guys, Dave Meyer, Brian Hinman. I think they, they contribute as well. Just a lot of great stuff. And, and again, it's, it's free and it's once a month. But I remember years ago, Bill telling me a story about how he reads the news. And he realized that not the business news, but just the news in general. When Bill Mann reads the news in general, he realized at some point in his adult life, he started to apply a business filter to what he was reading. And the example he gave me, and this was this is going back probably 10 years or so, he was reading a story about construction workers in California and the southwest part of the United States who had... Uh, come to America because there was this construction boom, this huge boom in housing and commercial uh, construction as well. And so, all of these construction workers were were coming into the States on work visas from Mexico and uh, making more money on those construction jobs that they could get back in Mexico, and they were sending money back to their families. And the news hook of the story was that this housing boom, which had been going on for uh, many years, was starting to wane 
And so these workers were going back to Mexico. And it started this uh, trigger, uh, sort of this domino effect in Bill's mind where he started thinking, well, wait a minute, you know, because the, the basic question when Bill Mann reads the news is, what business is affected by this story? And he started thinking in terms of, okay, so all of these construction workers who have years of experience are going back home to Mexico. What are those people going to do? Well, chances are they're going to look for a job in the construction industry. And so Bill starts looking at construction in Mexico, and one domino falls after another, and it leads him to um, CEMEX, um, ticker symbol CX, which is one of the largest building supply companies in the world. It's headquartered in Mexico. Uh, a decade ago, it was it just, if you're looking at cement, yes, the sexy world of cement. Um, it was the third largest cement company in the world. It, it may be bigger than that uh, on an industry standard by now. But anyway, that, was, uh, that, that story uh, that Bill told me has always stuck with me, that that's how he reads the news. And I mentioned that because of the snow just to bring it full circle back to the snow. Because the snow that we got here in the D.C. area is, you know, it's it's probably going to be just a one-day thing. But as you may have read or heard, the snow that is hitting New England, and in particular the city of Boston, is record-setting snow. This is epic-level snow that they're getting in New England. And it got me thinking about one of my favorite companies as a consumer – but not yet as a stock because I am not a shareholder, and that's Duncan Brands. And just to put a few numbers behind Duncan, Duncan Brands, parent company of Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins. But when you're looking at the, yes, they own Baskin Robbins, the ice cream shop, but really, overwhelmingly, the business is tied to Dunkin' Donuts. And you've got more Dunkin' Donuts in New York State and New England, the six, six states in New England, than the other 43 states combined. And to get even more granular, in the state of Massachusetts, there's a Dunkin' Donuts for every 6,500 people. In California, there's a Dunkin' Donuts for every 12.7 million people. So, yes, there's this great expansion opportunity in the West. It hasn't happened yet. In the meantime, those locations are getting hammered with snow. And this is one of those businesses that gets adversely affected by snow as any coffee shop would, as a sandwich shop or a restaurant would. Uh, Bill Barker has made the point on this podcast before. If someone's going to go out and buy a car and it snows over the weekend, they'd probably think to themselves, okay, well, I'm not going to go out this weekend to test drive a car, but I'll go out next weekend or maybe the week after that. But if you're thinking about going out to a restaurant or a coffee shop and the snow or the weather, whatever the weather, prevents you from doing that, you're not going to go the next day and get twice as much coffee or twice as much food to make up for your purchases. Those are lost purchases. Duncan Brands reported, I believe, on February 5th, uh, they had coming into this year lowered expectations for all of, of 2015. They are currently in their first fiscal quarter. They're going to report sometime in the second half of April and my expectation is that's going to be a horrible quarter. And if you believe in the business and you think the stock's going to take a temporary dip, that's one to put not just on your watch list, that's uh, uh, one of those events to put on your calendar. 
Find out exactly when Duncan Brands is reporting in April. Put that on your calendar, because there's uh, unless they come out in the next month or so with an official statement lowering expectations, that stock is almost certainly going to get hit. There's no way they're going to put up really good numbers with the amount of snow being dumped on New York State and the other states in New England. Um, but again, if you think that's a buying opportunity, uh, that's something to look for. Uh, on the other hand, with the expansion in the West going as slowly as it is, you know, maybe they're being methodical like Chipotle. Maybe they're just being slow. I haven't really figured it out yet, but uh, but it is a, a a business that is near and dear to my heart, and certainly near and dear to my taste buds and probably my cholesterol level. But um, anyway, wanted to share that story about Bill Mann because that uh, that lesson has stuck with me. And that's what was going through my mind, sort of looking at the snow and thinking about what business is being affected. You look at other businesses based in Massachusetts, you know, businesses like Raytheon and Biogen and TripAdvisor, other than employees in the state of Massachusetts maybe having to miss work here or there, those companies, they're, the, those businesses aren't being adversely affected in the way that Duncan Brands is. Anyway. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. As always, people in the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. The show is mixed by the intrepid Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. And uh, like I said, uh, tomorrow we'll be back to the regularly scheduled discussion with analysts. Uh, Thanks for listening, as always. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.